How's it going, everyone? My name is Chris Hagen. This is Above the Standard, the podcast brought to you in part by uh, Barbell Battalion. If you haven't already, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the podcast itself is on Spotify and Apple. Today, I'm excited for the podcast. Today, we talk with Chief Bobby Holton, the legendary Bobby Holton, Editor-in-Chief of Fire Engineering and the Education Director of FDIC. And today, we talk about how FDIC pivoted in the wake of COVID-19 and also the fire service in general, where it's at, where it's going, and kind of best practices to make it as successful as possible. So I had a ton of fun talking with Chief Halton. Uh, please, without further ado, Chief Halton. Uh, we are recording. All right, so today on Above the Standard, um, we talk with Chief Bobby Halton who's with us right now and chief i don't know if you're currently the editor-in-chief of fire engineering magazine but i knew you were at one time um and the educational director for uh, fdic and chief i really want to thank you for giving me this time this morning to uh, to chat with you yeah no i am still actively the editor-in-chief of fire engineering i'm the educational director of fdic but i'm also the editorial director for uh fire brass emergency equipment uh, the Journal of Emergency Medical Services, Firefighter Nation, FireEngineering.com, and I think that's, oh, and FireRescue.com. Uh, so all, all of the educational and fire-related products I'm the editorial director for, but I still specifically manage uh, everything in fire engineering and write the editorial. And, and it's a lot, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, it, it, you, you shouldn't be able to have this much fun and get paid for it. But don't tell don't tell the people I work for that. Yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, I've been in so I've been in the fire service you know, since 2007, and so in that in that short time, you know, I, I've 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 known and seen your your name and face and and I, every sort of um, YouTube video um, out there, and, and I have a really big bone to pick with COVID because I had put in for. Um, uh, FDIC with my department, you know, multiple years. And, um, and it just from, from either seniority or just other, other, um, people going, uh, budgetary constraints, it was always denied, um, until 2020. And then, and it was like 2020, Chris, this is your year. You're going pick what you want to do. And then COVID happened and it was like, son of a bitch. Like, of course <laughs> the, the one year, I get approved. We have a once in a century uh, pandemic. Um, so the more I sat on this, and we got the rescheduling from from FDIC, the the more and more I kind of want I wanted to reach out and and just learn more about FDIC itself, where it came from, and and, and how it how it has uh, its its genesis to now, um, but also in your role, how you guys have been able to pivot, um, to still, uh, uh, put on the conference despite now, um, even more of a roadblock. And I think it, it, it's probably even better that someone within an emergency services is at the helm of something like this, because we're, we're definitely no stranger to adapting on the fly with very little time, very little notice and, and trying to maintain our, our, our delivery model, you know, our, our expectation and, and not let that falter despite having hurdles in front of us. Um, 
So, Chief, well, if you that's a lot to unpack there, my friend. So, well, <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll chip it. We'll we'll chip away. Um, you know, yeah, and go. No, you so know, we'll, we'll you chip. Know what I'd like to, you know, where I'd like to start, Chris, if it's okay with you. Absolutely. Why don't we start at, at the last question and move forward? Because that's okay. the easiest one of all. Certainly. Seriously. <clears throat> so, you and I have both been in the fire service my my entire adult life. You know, I started back in the seventies and volunteering as a kid. You know, out on Long Island and then. Through college and the whole, you know, the whole thing, right? I mean, just like like most guys in the fire service, you know, I was a, kind of a tradesman kind of kid. I liked school, but I also liked to work with my hands. And so, anyway, the, the the long and the short of it is, is that the cool thing about what's happening right now, and, and back it up a little, kind of put it in context. What do we love to do, you guys and gals like me and you? love to run into stuff that's broken and fix it in the simplest terms, right? Certainly. The, 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 the daily routine is broken. Mrs. Smith's car hit Mr. Jones's car and all hell's breaking loose. So what do we, we, to us, that's thumbs up. And we don't want, we don't want any, we don't want the Joneses or the, the Smiths hurt. That's not what I'm saying. We love the fact that we, we practice, we drill, we train, so that we can stop that bad stuff from happening and put the Smiths and Joneses back into some path towards normalcy, right? Give them control, give them back control over their lives, right? That's what we do. We love a challenge. We, I've always loved broken cars more than I love running cars because I like to tinker on cars, you know, and I'm terrible at it. I'm not a great mechanic, which is why I'm glad I'm not a good firefighter. <laughs> I'm a horrible mechanic. <clears throat> but to your point, and here's my, one of my favorite stories of all time. We're at FDIC one year, and it's raining, and raining. I mean, it's raining sideways. It's raining so bad. And it's Thursday, the day that we do the, the 5K fun run. And it's not just raining. It's like 30 degrees. It's bloody freezing. I mean, it is a driving rain. It is colder than colder than cold. It's like a, it, it's, it's like ice shower cold. You know what I mean? Just horrible. And the fun run's going on. So I put my stuff on. What are we going to do? You know, there's no point in wearing sweats or anything else like that. You're going to be soaked within minutes. But, you know, we all get out there. And it's kind of, it stops a little bit and it starts again. The beginning of the race, it starts raining like the, like Lake Michigan had just been dropped <laughs> on us there in Indianapolis, right? We're drenched to the bone. It's freaking freezing. There's, there's maybe five or 600 of us. And we start to run. And we're laughing and we're screaming, this is nuts. This is so stupid. Our shoes are soaked. Or, you know, we're all wearing our running gear. So we all look like, you know, we all look like it's a gigantic wet t-shirt contest for overweight men. And, and it's just, it's just hysterical, right? We're just, and we're slapping each other and we're, we're you know, because it's a real fun, fun run. And, and we get to the end, you know, and, and we're high-fiving everybody coming across the line. You know, we're slapping hands and saying, you know, wow, way to go. We're living it. To this day, it was the greatest fun run I've ever been in my entire life because what happened? We had this, a lot, there's a great line from Shakespeare about in Henry V where he says, you know, here we are in the fields of, uh, uh, it was St. Crispin's Day on the fields of Anacourt and, and men in England will hold their manhood less proudly for not having been with us because they were outnumbered like 20 to one. And he said, I, I, I wish we had not one man more because then they would have less glory to share. 
Like the people who ran that day will never forget it. It was a hoot. It was just absolutely the stupidest, craziest thing, you know, that we ever did. But we did it and we got it done. And that's what we do. We don't let we don't let things like, you know, minor risks or inconvenience put us out. We don't we thrive on it. Do you want to see an unhappy station? Find me a really quiet place where everything is beautiful, nothing hurts, it's lollipops and rainbows. Those guys, when the cable TV goes out, they lose their minds, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> you it's, find me a station where <laughs> it's so true. We, um, I don't mean to cut you off, but we just remod- no, we just remodeled um, a station that went it went it, uh, went up in like '79. Um, we and it was just remodeled two years ago to like this, you know, whatever immaculate vision and. It's so funny. Everything is new. It's polished. You know, the, there's nice signs everywhere. But the guys that were around that station that had the the stained concrete floor, it had the the water leaks, it had the areas where you knew the bugs were going to come out. Like part of you just had solace in the misery, and you're like, you know what i I liked that. I liked that feeling. I liked the be, because kind of like what you were saying with the run, it. It, it you know iron sharpens iron it just it just for whatever reason it just felt like it made you it made you stronger but in the moment i remember feeling god i wish we had a nicer station i wish we had this better um this better building uh less drafty warmer but now that i have the building it's like man i you know i i and what was the and what's I the other part of that not not just you 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 were probably able to do little things for your 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 teammates that, that made them a little more comfortable in the misery. So like, yeah, this place stinks, but it's our place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we can do this together. And you know, the, the chief doesn't care if we, you know, paint the walls cause it's, you know, station 32. It's a, you know, uh, it's a rat hole. Yeah. You can do stuff like that. You know, you could, you could have the graffiti room. You could have the, you know what I mean? You could have the, you know what I mean? You could, yeah. you could be, you didn't you care if you it. spilled something. <laughs> the walls had like the diesel stains from the exhaust on the wall still. And, you know, we have new guys scrub it down and, um, yeah, you can, and they you could, felt good because they could clean it. And right. They, and, and, and it made them feel like, Hey, it doesn't stink like crap in here anymore. You know, and and you were like, yeah, you did a good job, man. Thank you for that. Now we can hang out. And, you know, that that was what that run was about. It was about, you know, coming up to one another and going, oh, my God, this is the stupidest thing we've ever done. And then hugging each other because, you know, we didn't hurt anybody. We didn't, you know, it it wasn't stupid in a way that was malicious or, or it was a way to bond. It gave us it gave us a moment. And, And it's like Woodstock. Everybody who was in my generation claims they were there. They weren't. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a handful that were there. And it's just like the people who ran in that fun run. I still bump into guys and gals that were at that run, at the at the run now, and they show up and they all say, yeah, this ain't going to be like the time it rained. You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this would be great, but you're right, you know. And it's I, don't get me wrong. I love to run when it's – this show we're going to be running in August, which is going to be a whole different thing. It's going to be – we're going to be sweating like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee. Yeah. So it's, you know, we're going to be soaked with sweat. We'll be hoping for rain this year. But the, the, whole, uh, the whole thing about firefighters and adversity in FDIC is – and I'll tell you, the COVID thing kind of – ticked me off because it got out of our hands. You know what I mean? 
if, if it had been up to us, we would have had it, right? The, the FDIC started in 1928, and it didn't stop during the Depression. It didn't stop during the war. It kept happening. This stopped because politicians made it stop. This stopped because bureaucrats, you know, jumped in and stopped it. We could have pulled it off if they'd left us alone. We could have made it happen. We would have figured it out. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we, could, have, we could have figured it out. Now, people say, oh, it would have been a super spreader. Okay, well, I get that. And my cousin, who's a doctor, we had a discussion about this yesterday. He's down in New Orleans. Eddie Halton, great guy. If you're down in New Orleans and you're listening to this, say hi to him. He's, a, he's, a, he's 73 and he's still practicing medicine in an emergency room. The guy is tough as nails. So anyway, um, we were talking about it. And, and he said, yeah, the mantra is going on. But, you know, if they did it the old-fashioned way, it would be a super spreader. And I kind of said to him, I said, you know, at some point, Eddie, you know, we got to take the plastic bags off our heads. You know what I mean? I, I mean, the world's suffocating. At, at some point, you got to breathe the air. you got to take the risk. you got to jump in the pool. You know, and, uh, I mean, it was 15 days to, a year ago, it was 15 days to, you know, calm the, you know, c- c- slow the spread so the hospitals wouldn't get swarmed. Now what is it? You know, I, I, I don't know. So it's a fascinating question, right? Yeah, but and I think, I think too, one of my biggest, like, complaints from the get-go was was the the rhetoric, like, no... And you you brought you know politician regardless of what side of the aisle that you're on no politician said this where um or, or no one of notoriety that would gain camera time um nobody came out and said like the hard thing that majority of of our population is either overweight unhealthy and, and following a path that will make anything come your way a lot worse and it was simply um put a put a mask on and stay away and give us till the summertime it, the sunlight will kill it and we're good and obviously we're still dealing with the ramifications and i do understand that there's um uh variants out there that are developing but my point is i, I wish there would have been a lot more you know real to real conversation with americans that said not only the you, you, the plastic bag theory you say this that that we are suffocating but also you know we ha- it is now incumbent upon us to make better choices with our life that that just because you know you have a sedentary lifestyle and you have access to a pharmacy does not make you healthy or because you you hit a certain BMI limit you are healthy we have to take an active approach in our own health um it, which in turn would boost our immune system and boost not even response to COVID, but um, anything other, uh, the flu that comes our way. Well, you know, there's a a saying, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times and hard times create strong men. Yeah. It's an old, it's an old line, right? Yep. It's an ancient, it's an ancient line. So, you know, and that's fine. But the other Part of what you're saying is if you decide to have a sedentary lifestyle and you decide to be, you know, uh, overweight and, 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 and out of shape, that's not my problem. You know what I mean? That's not my problem. Suddenly people act as if, you know, their health is my issue and it's not. You know what I mean? The consequences are yours. And, and that's what's gotten really interesting, right? So in other words, if you're going to rely on the government or somebody else to make you do something, 
you know, or make or keep you safe or force you to live a better lifestyle. Good luck with that. You know, Mike Rowe does a great does a great story with Safety Third, right? He's out on a crab boat. Yeah, safety things are going third, horrible. Yeah, Safety Third. Things are going horrible, and he goes up to the captain and you know, kind of jokes with them, and he says, you know, uh, OSHA. You know, because he didn't see any signs or any, you know, safety devices or anything, or, you know, watch your step kind of crap. And the captain points to the ocean and says, ocean. And he says, no, seriously, you know, where's all the safety warnings and where's all the stuff? And he goes, son, <laughs> I'm the captain of a crab boat. My job's to get you home rich. You know, if you want to get home alive, <laughs> that's on you, right? So personal accountability, personal responsibility, that's on you, right? By the same token, if you choose not to, that's not on me. You know what I mean? And I'm a I'm a libertarian. I'm a hardcore libertarian. And and you know if you choose, you want to smoke, I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem at all with it. You live with the consequences, not me. You know what I mean? I don't think cigarette smoking should be outlawed or against the rules in fire departments. It's a legal activity. But there we have departments that say oh, you can't be a smoker. I check the Constitution on that eventually. I'm not sure about that one. Now I'm not encouraging people to go out and smoke. But I'm just saying, if somebody does, that's on them. You know what I mean? And people say, oh, it's secondhand smoke. Okay, smoke outside. You know what I mean? Did, I, I, you know, it's, you know it, if, it's, if it's not illegal, if you, if you want to make it illegal, that's a whole other level of, you know, where does that end, right? Are you going to make Pepsi-Cola illegal? Are you going to make wine illegal? You know, we, we talk a lot of, we have a lot of hard rhetoric out there about, you know, we can't, and my buddy Billy Goldfeder always gives me a hard time about my libertarian views. And he says, why you can't, you know, it's like encouraging people to smoke. I'm like, so you're going to fire a guy who goes to his brother-in-law's wedding and has a cigar. You're going to fire that guy. Technically you could, that guy could get fired or gal could get fired. You know, and I went to a chief's conference one time, a little meeting and they, these are like 20, 30 chiefs and they all had no smoking policies. And then they had a wine and cigar bar during the break and they all smoked. <laughs> so <clears throat> hypocrisy is in, in, in it, it, there's the two most plentiful substances they say are carbon and stupidity. And I would add hypocrisy as the third most prevalent. And, and me too. I'm right in there. Nobody's immune from hypocrisy and stupidity. I, I've got the market cornered. But the whole, my whole point is you get to assume the level of risk historically in America that you were willing to live with. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. That's what taking a chance is. That's what that's, you, you either get you either get rich or you're broke, and 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 that's 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 the name of that game, and, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? You either you either win or you lose. You know, and 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 we're never going to have you know quote unquote equity because that's not how the world works. Not everybody can run. There's the Kurt Vonnegut, one of my favorite writers did a thing called Between Time and Timbuktu or Prometheus 5 back in the early 70s. And it was kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of his different stories. And he had this guy named Stoney Stevenson who they shot through the Chromos and Clastic and Fendebulum, which is like a time-space thing, right? And he won a contest from Tang. That's how funny this guy was. Tang was the drink of astronauts. <laughs> yep. so, so as he's flying through time and space, he meets God. He goes through all this different stuff. He finally ends up in a future place where there's a person called the Handicapper General. So if you're a really fast runner, they put weights on your feet. If you got good eyesight, you had to wear goggles. So that everybody came down to the same miserable level. And this person was this big, massive-looking woman, you know, with a tight hair bun thing, and real cruel-looking lady. 
these two ballerinas at one point in the movie throw off their chains and start doing this beautiful dance, you know, and they're leaping through the air and it's beautiful and graceful. And then you hear two shotgun blasts and she blows them away. I mean, well, you know, that's the, that's the, that was, that was Vonnegut telling you what socialism is all about. It, it's, it's shared misery. And people got to be careful about going down that road, right? Allowing people to take away their personal liberties and freedoms so that they're quote unquote, some kind of equality or equity. That's not how the world works. That's not how innovation works. We're, we're, we're all born equal, but we have different skill sets and different talents. And some people are just amazing. I mean, some people, you know, you take a, a guy like LeBron James, I'm never going to be equal to him on a basketball court, but you know, I'll go toe to toe with him on a stage, giving a good speech. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I'm never going to be able to, you know, uh, be as you know smart as like a guy like Elon Musk, but I'd, I'd rather, you know, or you either, but I'd rather be next to you on the second floor on a hand line than Elon <laughs> Musk. You know what I mean? So yeah, all, all matter of perspective. Um, yeah, right. And I think we're, we're in a time right now where, you know, everybody in the world thinks that every risk should be mitigated to zero, at least the general citizens. They don't think anything bad should ever happen to anybody. You know, I, I, you know, that we should all live forever and nobody should ever get sick. Nothing bad should ever happen to anybody. That's just not the real world. It's just not how the world works. The world's a, it's a, it's a, like you were saying earlier about how we, our physical condition, that's because we, we're living in an unprecedented time of security and luxury and, and, and trust me, I'm all about it. I mean, I'm one of the dumb, fat, laziest people I know, but the, the, you know, I don't know, man. You know, I think that, Freedom, liberty, and 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 um, you know self determination are really really important deals. They're our first principles. So it sounds so it sounds like when that decision was made above your head to cancel FDIC, it sounds like you didn't take that kindly. <laughs> Not that I didn't take it kindly, just that they didn't give us a chance to say how could we do it. You know what I mean? And I think we could have done. You know, we could have done the social distancing, folks could have worn masks, you know, all that good stuff that they want us to do. Uh, it, no, nobody, there's no group of people on the face of the planet that are more adaptable, more adjustable, more, you know, um, more um, creative and innovative than the American firefighter. I, I truly believe that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if you, if you don't have a rabbit tool, you know, and you're, and you're taking hotel doors, it's just going to take somebody 10 seconds to come up with a great alternative. You know what I mean? Look at the Detroit door opener that folks were using for years. Look at the, you know, I, I could imagine somebody taking a portable Hearst tool and just going, you know, one of the battery operated ones and going pop, 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 pop down the hallway, you know, if they had to, 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 to take doors. But so I think we could have done it. We could have, you know, we could have managed within the boundaries that they set for us, but they didn't even give us a chance to try. You know what I mean? They didn't give us a, they didn't give us a, a chance to go for it, which, you know, I don't get it. You know, everybody was, everybody was, everybody was, I don't know, everybody was doing what they thought would keep, keep the, keep from having the lawyers knocking on their door, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. what, uh, when did the tide start to turn when, uh, it was, it was when you guys can set up a new date, um, I'm sure working with, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and and, and oh, all yeah, all those stadium. parties involved. 
Um, exactly. When, state of Indiana. Yeah. State, exactly yeah. So right. when did when did the conversation start to happen, and, and a plan start to get developed to to um, pivot and re-augment the FDIC? Well, you know, it's in conjunction with like the federal guidelines and the federal government, and everything's you know subject to change because of the way the world is today. But you know, basically, they were looking at the you know the vaccine distribution and herd immunity and and all those other factors, and and I think they were pretty spot on. And, and if you look at where COVID cases are today, you know, and, and what's happening nationwide, the trend is obviously you know going down pretty rapidly, just about everywhere you know, for, for new cases. And so I think we're, we're kind of getting there. And, and now there are three or four vaccines out there, um, which were approved. I know AstraZeneca and um, Pfizer, and I believe there's one more. I don't know if it's Johnson, John, who it is, but I believe there's a third one that's kind of an outlier, you know, but it's out there. So, you know, and, and people are and, and people are choosing to, to take it and people are choosing not to take it. So, but I don't see... You know, we're not seeing these huge dramatic spikes anywhere at this point that, that I have seen recently. So I think the folks who were predicting, you know, the August time frame to be a pretty safe bet for having an event, we're pretty spot on. You know what I mean? Plus, if you look at our audience, Chris, our, our audience, and I know, you know, okay, not all of us, you know, look like, you know, uh, I always pick on my buddy Derek O'Connor out, uh, out of L.A., because he's like the poster boy for LA firefighter. He's chi- he's chiseled in stone. He's like Michelangelo's David. So if uh, you know, we're not all we're not all that super fit, but most firefighters are in pretty good shape. And the other thing to remember too is that just because somebody's big doesn't mean they're not healthy. You know, there are a lot of big folks out there that are incredibly healthy. You know, they might be carrying a few. Are all our body types are not? You know. Um, uh, like like Mark Spitz, you know, or mm-hmm. whoever the runner guy was, the swimmer kid was. That um, we're not all that. That's not the optimum body type for everybody. There are some folks who you know are just carrying a little more weight, but they're they're often a lot healthier than this. Just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy, you know. Which is a vast misconception in the American public that you know any weight at all is a problem. It's not. I mean, there are people that just carry a little more weight and they carry it well. Yeah. So what, um, what change, what, what, uh, for those that have been to FDIC, um, you know, I, I, I haven't, so I, I have nothing to compare it to, but what, if any, what will be different this year as opposed to how it's been uh, rolled out in the past? Well, it's going to be, you know, obviously it's August, so it's going to be hotter. Let's <laughs> start right there. But otherwise, and the dates are going to be a little different because we had a squeeze in side of, you know, everybody else trying to get their events done, right? Um, Indianapolis is a really great place to hold a conference. Duh. And, and we're not the only people who, you know, who know that. They've got a great facility. It's a great city. It's just a, it's just a wonderful place to have a conference. It's a wonderful place to, to, to live and visit. So we're squeezing in between some other folks. But you know who we're, we're squeezing in, in, inside of? The cops, the FOP. So it's firefighters and cops. It's perfect. The jokes are going to, the jokes write themselves. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just going to be hysterical. So the FOP, you know, had a lot of space and, and, and they had the whole thing kind of buttoned up and they're letting us slide inside, not inside their thing, but, you know, they're, they're moving some stuff around so that we can be there. And so rather than starting on a, you know, a, a traditional, you know, Monday like we normally did, we're going to start on a Thursday. So hands-on training will be Thursday, Friday. The main program will be a Saturday and, and, uh, and Sunday. 
which would be pretty cool. And we're going to move that over into the JW where they have this, the JW Marriott, which is a gigantic hotel, pretty much right next to the convention center. You're seeing that really, really big, tall, massive building. And they've got this really beautiful um, uh, ballroom that where we can do main program, which, which we never used before because we had the convention center uh, ballroom to use, but, the firefighters that come to the JW, we may never be able to go back because it's so, it's luxurious. It's amazing. You know, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a convention center, you know, air wall building. It's a, it's a, it's a real, you know, this is where the president and, you know, like if Mr. Biden was speaking to people, that's where he would go. You know, it's that kind of place. Sure. It's, not, it's not. It's not Station Thirty Two that we were talking about earlier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is which is fine, and it's kind of a right thing for a, for a main program. So that's going to be so cool. And remember, we got Steve Chikorotis coming, and Steve is, you know, there are very few people who've had as an amazing career as Steve. You have to remember that not only was he an incredibly decorated and, and recognized Chicago firefighter, and you know, he he, he worked at a time. When the Chicago Fire Department was, um, uh, you know, almost second to none, you know, he he was, you know, Bobby and Ray Hoff on the line with him, and and Ray Roscoe and himself. I mean, that was a you know, Pete Van Dorf. That was the cadre, um, uh, Rich Edgeworth. That was the cadre of men and women that he was shoulder to shoulder with. And not only that, during that time, he was a subject matter expert. For the movie Backdraft, he was a young lieutenant who they pulled, you know, who, you know, had skill sets in that regard, and and he helped put together one of the most iconic fire films of all time. And then he, you know, went through this incredible career and, and just numerous awards, numerous decorations, and and then he gets hooked up and he's doing this um, Chicago Fire television show, which is just unbelievable. And then his personal life story is is amazing. So. He's going to key, he's going to keynote for us on on day one. On day two, you've got Larry and David Conley, who the Conley brothers out of St. Louis, who are two of the most amazing men on the face of the planet. Larry's a captain of St. Louis Fire. David is a professional actor who's got some incredible acting credentials under his belt. You know, his Tyler Perry stuff, all kinds of great stuff in Atlanta. Uh, you know, little independent what they call indie films that he's produced. But he's an amazing actor. And they've created this program called Growing Leaders Through Empowerment in Glue. So anyway, but they also do incredible training. And, and the interplay between these two guys is phenomenal. Larry is absolutely one of the finest men on the face of the planet. And David is one of the most amazing actors you'll ever meet. But they recreate scenes like right out of the firehouse to where they can step into and learn how to do conflict resolution, learn how to understand other people's worldview. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's so cool. What they, they, you feel like you're really there. You forget your role playing. You forget your acting. All of a sudden you're like, you're, you're nose to nose with this guy who's a dope or a jerk. And you're like, are you? Yeah. like you mean it, you know what I mean? They pull you in. And, and, and so they're going to, they're going to keynote on Thursday. And then I got my great friend, John Alston, who's going to, could do he's going to be our featured speaker on thir- on on Sunday rather I'm sorry I'm still thinking Monday through what Friday uh, we had John Alston out of uh, New Haven who's just this beautiful dude and um, you know and they but you got to remember these guys Chris are these guys are 
fired up, man, because we've been holding these guys back, um, you know, because of the COVID thing. So they've been ready now for almost, you know, two and a half years to do this. So it's Katie bar the door. If you remember the beginning of the backdraft movie where the old chief, and this used to really happen. They, you know, as a kid in New York, I used to see this with my uncles and folks in the street. They would wait and wait and wait till the windows blew because the windows were single pane windows. And then the fire would flash out. So the energy would escape out of the, out of the, out of the compartment. Cause remember everything's tightly compartmentalized. And then they would send the troops in. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I feel like an old battalion chief on the street waiting for the windows to blow. And now the windows are blown. It's like, go get it, you know, go <laughs> knock it out. And, and that's the way that that's going to unwrap. Right. And then we've got a bunch of uh, folks that have been looking at their presentations and updated them, you know, um, uh, speaking with uh, Mike Champo the other day, Ray McCormick's kind of updated his stuff. He wants to talk about doing something kind of a little bit new. We've got Jerry Knapp who's done some incredible stuff with explosive stuff. Like, um, you know all about metal oxide detectors, right? You use them on every gas call. You go on, no, you don't. You have no idea what I'm right, talking about. Right, right. I was, but, <laughs> was going to bullshit my way through it, but I'm like, no, 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 I don't have those. No, you don't, but you should. On every gas call you go on, and Jerry's going to explain to you why. We've got a great article coming out uh, in, two, in two months that Jerry just finished up, and working with him and the FDNY and, and a bunch of other great people, you, you should have one. Um, we've got all this incredible stuff that people have been waiting to show. Um, so when you approach a modern day car and you've gotten trapped people in it, what do you use to cut the passenger side doors? You better not be thinking you just could put your punch to it because now they're laminated now. You can't just, you can't just pop those anymore with your little punch and have them shatter to get people out. You gotta have something to cut them with. We're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Real tactical, technical stuff that we need to catch up on that we've been making advances on for the last two years that we haven't been able to talk about. And that's where FDIC came from. In 1928, guys just like me and you were sitting around and we were saying, man, look what they're doing in Baltimore. Man, look what they're doing in freaking San Diego. Look what these cats up in Minot, North Dakota did. Wow, did you hear about what the guy, and, and somebody said, you know, an Osceola floor, and one, one of them said, hey, we all ought to get together. And, and somebody said, yeah, we ought to get all the, you know, all the instructors that can ought to come to one place every year and exchange what they called back then papers, right? It was every, everybody wrote stuff. So they would come to FDIC and they would present papers and presenting a paper meant giving a class. So a guy, they published it in this little book and, and I've got, I've got a bunch of them. They're just amazing. I've got one from I, my hands right here, but it's from 1948, is it? And it's a, my hands on it right now um and 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 the paper in it is pretty plastics ugly fires and this is from 48 and it talks about toxicity and heat release rates all the stuff that everybody's talking about today is cutting edge right mm -hmm. this guy is writing about it 70 bloody years ago you know and and large, you know it's like it's like when braidwood in 1866 wrote about um air tracks you know, and, and, and he talked about what people today are calling flow paths. They're actually cool and warm air gravity currents. And, you know, you get hot air is, 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 it rises and, it's, and when you open, make, make an opening, the hot air goes out at the top and the cool air comes rushing at the bottom. That's why you have hot air gravity currents and cool air gravity currents. But now we call them flow paths. I mean, people, we keep reinventing stuff that it'd be like if we change the name of a wheel every, you know, 20 years. Now wheels aren't called wheels anymore. They're called, Gasarstitz, you know, oh, there's no Gasarstitz, you know, no, it's a freaking wheel. So, but that's okay, right? Because you got to reintroduce people 
with with the new added knowledge, right? And I, and I think that's I think that's huge, um, especially to um, myself. You know, I'm I'm on the I'm still in the category, but I'm on the north end of a millennial, and um, you know, I ha- my, my entire life has been like you know introductory videos through YouTube and, and everything. So um, when I was like like searching for new information on on really just things in the fire service, I was really initially discrediting a lot of literature um you know from the 70s 80s and even early 90s just thinking like it's been 30 years you know they're 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 ha- like we've had so many advancements everywhere else um in, in this time i'm gonna I, I had this kind of failed approach of i'm gonna start new and work my way back and where where this kind of came to a headway was twofold. One, reading Dave Fornell's Fire uh, Fire Stream Management Handbook and um, Andy Frederick's. And what you want to read something? Want to read something even better? At always go get, go go get Bill Clark's Firefighting Principles and Practices. Bill Clark's Firefighting Principles. And Bill Practices. Clark's Firefighting. Yeah, man, you want to. You want to rock your world, man, and then and then, and then get Emmanuel Freed's Fireground Tactics. Uh, Emmanuel Freed, um, and and he's got simulations in the back of it. You know when he wrote it in the fifties? Yeah, it's, it's freaking fantastic, man. And then you can go even back further. You could pull up pull up the, the pull up the read, read about people like Braidwood and see what he look at the studies he was doing on building instruction and fire behavior. He was doing these in the eighteen sixties. You know, you, you know, read read about you know Bresnan. John J. Bresnan was a real guy. He was a drummer. He was a drummer in the fight in '69 at Gettysburg, and then went on to become a battalion chief in New York City. Got killed in a collapse in the twenties when when a, uh, I'm sorry, in the nineteen maybe maybe eighteen when a building fell on him. But it, when he was a, when he was like eleven or twelve, he was drumming at Gettysburg. So, you know, and then the guy, he, he, he made the Bresden distributor. And how many holes are in a Bresden distributor? That's a typical rookie question. How many holes are there, Chris, in a Bresden distributor? That's a great question. There's I, nine. 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 You better know that. It'll be a quiz tomorrow. <laughs> but, but, he all, but, but in his time, he was more famous for the swinging harness, right? Harnesses always were lowered onto horses. Bresden developed one that swung out. So that they could come right on the horses rather than having to lower them. He put them on a hinged gate and you'd swing out and go on the horses. He was more famous for that in his day. And so, you know, you, you want to understand it, the, the problem with the people today that are trying to erase the past. Don't understand that if you don't understand the past, you can never have a future. You just keep, you just keep having the past over and over and over again because the past are the keys to, to the principles, to the knowledge, to the, sites that give you a chance to create things for the future with no one no one's inventing things people are innovating and there's a big difference every now and then there's a real invention but those are rare moments in time most things are innovations most things are taking something that someone did previously and tweaking it just a little bit right and and that is amazing you know um you know, you look at you look at a if a guy's a smart or a gal's a smart firefighter. You look at their tools, and if they put a a, a ring on their their wrench, you know, a little a little 
little little rig clamp so they can use it as a shut off also you know if they've if they've welded a little you know if they've, they've filed down one of the ends on their pliers so it's also a screwdriver that's a smart firefighter you know if they're taking the time to do stuff like that they're on the ball you know what i mean you know if they're just saying oh this is what they issued me and they put in their pockets and good luck with that you know what i mean if they're not thinking beyond you know what if you, you got to look at something and think of what else it can be, not just what it is, right? And uh, otherwise, you're just, you know, you're just interesting. You're not very useful. Sure. So, um, so if you you give us a quick history on if, and there are chiefs out there, and there are you know um, command officers out there that, um, whether through. Uh, misinformation or maybe just they are comfortable in their kingdom um, for 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 a probationary or for a new person or a career or a guy that's been on 20 years um, you know how, what in your opinion you know granted you're you're biased but what why is FDIC an important conference for for every fireman to attend I, th I think they're all important. I mean, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, lo I love my conference, but I think there's a there, there's a wide array of conferences out there. So if you can't make FDIC, you know, the firehouse folks put on a great show. The internships folks probably put on a great show. I mean, learning is learning. Go everywhere you can if you can. Or you know, don't. I, I love what we do because ours is kind of a ours is kind of a uh, organic conference. It, it always has been. We, we stay true to, the, to our roots. We don't like, so in other words, I'm not the, I'm just a, I'm just a, 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 a battalion chief kind of guy. In other words, I don't, I don't pick my players. I work with my, you know, I, I take what the department sends me. So, and, and work with them. Right. In other words, at FDIC, there's a call for presentations. It's a real call. So it, it's guys like you, Chris, that are, you know, like my buddy, um, uh, trying to think of his name. Oh my gosh, the lemonade glass guy I was just mentioning. Um, I feel terrible. I'll, I'll think of it in a moment. It'll come to me. That's all old guys think. You, you forget people's names and it comes to you. But uh, but like Jerry Nam, you know, Jerry came to me with this uh, explosive gas stuff and 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 and, and a metal oxide detector. And I'm like, I don't mind telling people. I was completely ignorant of it too. But we we shouldn't be ignorant of it. We should all be carrying one. There should be one on every engine in America. So. That's real important stuff, right? So at FDIC, that's how the conference gets made. I don't go out and pick people. People submit, and and and, and if it's interesting and new, and it, it's a part of an emerging trend, or the or the gal or the guy has his stuff wrapped tight, they're in, man. You know, it's, and and there's a bunch of people that look at it with me. You know, 30, 40 people that, that go through you know people's stuff because I don't know much about technical rescue. But I know folks that know a ton about it, so I ask them to look at it, right? And, and, and one of the things we've been very careful of, it, it's not a mutual adoration society. And there's some folks that come back year after year who are the gigantic names in our industry who we all know and love, you know, the champ and, and, and Johnny Norman and Ricky Lasky and Johnny Salka and, and folks like that. And, and it's fitting and proper that they're there. They've earned the right to yeah, be absolutely. there. Absolutely. They, they earn right. that status. Exactly. There, there, there are some people out there that have status that's, you know, that, that if they want to come teach something, man, I'm, you know, Billy Goldfeder, you, you're all about it because they, they are, you know, they've had a career. Yeah, they've had a career worth of just involvement and right. pay, paying back right. 
You know, it's absolutely. He's Billy, he's Billy Goldfeder, for God's sakes. So, but other conferences are kind of different, right? They, you know, you, you have a grand poobah who, you know, picks and chooses. I, I'm not the grand poobah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just the guy in the center of the, of the, of the ring with a whip, you know, making the parts go round and round. I, you know, I'm, I'm not the be all and end all. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm a good, I'm a good, I'm a decent manager. And, and one of the things I've been very blessed with is my entire life I've had to judge men and women for jobs, positions, you know, either becoming a firefighter, or riding on a rescue or being on a truck or a ladder or fitting in with this crew, or that crew. And I've been pretty lucky at it. I've been you know, pretty darn lucky at it. And, and, and that's served me well, but it's not, you know, it's not the Bobby Halton show. It, 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 it's the Chris Hagen show. It's the Joe Smith show. It's the Tommy O'Hagan show. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the fire services show, which is what kind of makes it a little different. You know what I mean? And it's all over the place, right? It's not, we don't have some agenda about, you know, some political aspirations or, you know, I mean, we don't have that. Like there's some shows that are thematic, you know what I mean? Um, either for or against somebody. We're not that show, you know what I mean? You could be, you could be, you know, a young Turk radical who's rediscovering the basics of the fire service, or you could be the guy who he's rebelling against, <laughs> you know, some old dude, and you're equally welcome at FDIC, and and everybody's welcome. Just you know, I, I, we at fire engineering, I, I just ran an article by a couple of guys who are friends of mine. I disagree with completely that they that the article was in favor of not connecting for the first two engine, not, not securing their water supply to, in order not to slow down initial attack, which is fine. And they, they do some justification for it. And they look at some studies and, and they back it up and they're dear friends of mine. I value them both. I value them, but I disagree completely with their, with their position. If, if, if I was running the fire department and you didn't lay in and you're a first two engine, we'd have a conversation because I think it's important to do but it doesn't mean I didn't publish their paper. I want them to be heard because if you ask my wife how many times I've been wrong, she'd ask you to tell me how, how many days we've been married. And, <laughs> and we've been together since 1973. So I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong every day. I, 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 I misjudge things. I call the wrong shot. I, you know, my worldview is my worldview. And, it, you know, it's not, I'm not, so, so that's what kind of makes FDIC a little bit different. It really, we really try to make it your show. It ain't, you know what I mean? The educational yeah. side of it is pure too. In other words, if you own Hamatro or you own Amicus or you own, you know, TNT or any of the rescue company, you can't come and put on class. We use everybody's tools. We, we don't have, nobody is selling you anything in the classroom at FDIC other than themselves, you know, and, 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 and granted, you know, every, every fireman today has a gig. You know what I mean? You, you've got the standard above the standard. That's your gig. And good for you. You want people to listen to you. And I think that's a great thing. You know, I, I think that's cool. My buddy's got East Coast Rescue. I think they're a great company. My buddy's got Traditions Training. Great company. My buddy's got, you know, they're all over the place. And so to your point, we're a different show. We're, we're not... We're not, we're not excluding anybody. We're not, you know, we're not intentionally pushing any agenda. We're, we're there because 
we want to innovate on everything that everybody else is doing. So we want to give everybody else a chance to say, hey, this is working for us in, in Miami Beach. Okay, well, it may not work for you in Bangor, Maine, or maybe a little part of it will, but I'm not a guy, I'm, I'm one of those people who are vehemently opposed to, to uh, I don't think we should infantize people. In other words, engineers like to create you know, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. No, on the fire ground, you do it all at the same time. You might do this a little bit stronger, this a little bit faster, this a little bit slower, because every fire is different. Every fire department is different. Every crew is different. Every building is laid out with different problems and different fuel loads. So you got to be careful about people who think that, you know, you can create a, a magical template that's going to make everything go right every time. That's not how the world works. Yeah, I think that that's so true with um, training um, our guys, tr training new guys and girls that are coming to the job where they might come from the academy or they might come from this um, perspective that one, two, and three have to happen in that order. Um, and it's, 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 I think, a commitment to training and patience with them to – um, explain that no four three one and we're gonna throw a six in there um, and then all that has to ha get happen at once but that comes from from repetition and practice and, and the patience with them but one thing that I think is so true with what you're saying about com the conferences and, and I'll, I'll say conferences because like you said there are some great conferences around the country they you, I know uh, H Rock and Pensacola Beach is going on. Um, the Firemanship Days in Harrisburg was was canceled. PDX in Portland. Um, what what I think is so like raw and what you said before organic is as that date gets closer to that conference, you can just even on social media you can just feel like the like the excitement growing. You made that mention of waiting to the 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 window pane pops and then uh, it flashes and and you know going and get it like. I, I have that same as H Rock was 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 ramping up and Kurt was doing his thing down there. Um, I you can just feel it coming, and so I'm so excited for August because yeah, I know that a, same sort that's of. A great, that's a great gig. I mean, one of the first Kurt had me down there to speak uh, in Pensacola when he was starting his conferences, and it's got to be 25 years ago, and. You know, we spoke at the Air and Space Museum, and uh, underneath the, the actual, you know, the, the Blue Angels that are archived there, and uh, and, and neat guy, and, and you know, that's a great conference to go to. It's different than FDIC by 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 design, and that's important because it doesn't make it better, it doesn't make it worse. It's just different. And if if anybody if you've been alive for more than a week, you know that you know. When you're learning, like, um, say you want to talk about high-rise, right? Well, John Norman can teach you a lot of good high-rise. Jerry Tracy can teach you a lot of good high-rise. Jack Murphy can teach you a lot of good high-rise. Dave McGrell can teach you a lot of good high-rise. You know, there's a Ray McCormick that has a bunch of good stuff on high-rise. But Norman might fit your learning style better than, say, uh, McCormick. Or, or Dugan might fit your learning style better than, say, Murphy. That's fine. That doesn't make Murphy better or Dugan worse, or it's you know it's 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 not a competition when it comes to what we do. It's it's a it's a, it's a it's a cooperation. It's it's a you know it's not 
I hate when people act like FDIC is in competition with somebody or, you know, ours is better because it's smaller or theirs is better because it's bigger. No, it's not. It's just different. And, and it's, they're all fun in their own kind of goofy, interesting ways. And, um, you know, I'm partial to FDIC because I love history and I love um, tradition and I love, I love FDIC because it's just, it's a show that really has worked for me my whole career because I like the whole potpourri idea, right? I like the idea that, you know, you're taking a class one minute on, um, I don't know, uh, say handline, you know, advancing handlines and, and, and multiple family residences. And then the next minute you're sitting in a class with a professor from Notre Dame who's <laughs> teaching you about, you know, forever chemicals in your gear. And you're like, Holy mackerel, man. You know what I mean? And then, and then you, and then later on you're having, you know, dinner or, you know, or you're running at the 5k next to the professor and the guy who was teaching and, and they're laughing and talking about, you know, uh, snowmobiles for God's sakes or something crazy like that. And you're like, this is just amazing. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, it, and I don't know how you, you know, it, it's just, it's just being together wherever we are, wherever, wherever a group of firefighters are together, innovation and thought is happening and, and you can't stop that. And, and, you know, when you get 40,000 of us, 35,000 of us in, in one town at the same time, you know, the ideas that are bubbling up and the conversations that are happening. And, and I don't care if you've been on the job, you know, for two weeks or if you've been on a job, you know, like, like Harry Cotter for, for five decades, four decades, your opinion matters just as much to that table together that the, nobody there's no hierarchy there you know what i mean that i'm no more important than the kid who got you know the kid who got hired in indianapolis last week and 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 is showing up there to you know take classes i i i really believe that it's it's just we're just firefighters we're not you know what i mean we're not we're not trying to become you know leonardo dicaprio's or people who think people care about what they think or say. We're just, we're just firefighters. We're just trying to make a difference and be decent human beings. And you know what I mean? No one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna, I don't know. I don't, we're not, we're, 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 we're not better than or more special than anybody else. We're not, you know, we do what we do because we like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's really cool, but it doesn't make us any better than the guy working at Walmart. It doesn't make us any different than the, the, than the, than the dudes or the gal that's teaching our kids or our grandkids. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, it's, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it's, I think we have so much pride within the job. Um, and, and, and we should. And we should. Absolutely. And I feel like, too, we should have pride in the job and we should work as hard as we can to get better at that job. But on the same token, I'm okay with nobody giving a shit that I'm a fireman. Like, out, outside of, like, like just because just because I have a Maltese cross on, on my uniform, um, I don't need a parade of people. I really... I really hate when I, I go in and I'm wearing a fire department t-shirt and I, I the line has to stop so the lady behind the counter can give a discount. 
if nothing makes me want to crawl into my skin more than then yo can we get a manager on register five we have a fireman we need a discount and i'm just like i'm 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 crawling in my skin like the guy behind me that's working 70 hours a week by himself to to fund his family is is no more or sorry no less of a person that i am just because i came in to get a meal and and i think um, that's an and it's the, Chris, it's the same thing with shows. So to your point about, you know, FDIC and the other shows, it's the same thing with shows. They're all important. They all have character. There was a great line the other day, um, Russian Limbaugh died the other day, who was a great American. He gave, he gave, uh, I believe $16 million to tunnels to towers. He sold some t-shirts, uh, Betsy Ross t-shirts raised like $8 million, and then he matched it. Didn't make a big deal out of it, but $16 million to buy mortgages for firefighters and cops and military people, families who got killed in the line of duty. And Tunnels to Towers is a great organization. But they had an old interview with him on the TV last night. During, you know, they were giving a bunch of obituaries for the fellow. And someone asked him, they said, well, you know, a lot of people love you, but what about the people who you know don't like your show and your point of view? And he, he just looked at the guy and he said, I'm, I'm not doing the show for them. <laughs> not, I'm, doing the sh- I'm doing the show for the people who like it. I'm not doing the show for the people who don't like it, you know, which is the same thing with shows. You know, I mean, the people you do, you do the, the, the event will appeal to the people it appeals to. And if you're going to try to appeal to everybody, you've got to appeal to nobody. You know what I mean? You, you just, you just gotta be, you know, you just gotta be, you just gotta be what you are. And so FDIC is basically it's called an instructors conference and it's men and women who want to instruct and and want to share their instructional stuff with other men and women who want to instruct and that's what it is and even the people who attend you know if you ask any attendee they'll all tell you that they that they are going to instruct somewhere someday at some level and that's why they're there they're there so that they can pick up something and pass it along. And that's what FDIC is about. You know, it's not about anything else. Everything else that happens there just happens. It's just organic. And, and, and I love that for me that I, I obviously I'm bloviating here for an hour or so, uh, you know, they say the most, the guys in Albuquerque used to joke that the most dangerous place in the fire ground was between me and a camera. So, you know, but that's fine. You know, I like to teach. I like to talk. I like to, you know, I enjoy it. And and most of the men and women who come to FDIC like to teach, like to talk. They enjoy it. You, you, when you're sitting at one of those tables, you know, at Boca de Beppo and there's 40 folks, you know, at that crazy place, how many conversations are going on? 40. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, Chief, when you look when you look back on your uh, your your time in the fire service, um, even to now to when you first started, um, you 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 clearly have an innate passion for this for this gig. Who stands out um, in your development, either personally or professionally, that that continue to help drive this passion that you have? So, the the two men that I owe everything to in my career are uh, Tommy Brennan and Alan Bernasini. And, and so? Ray, Downey, Ray Downey to a minor, a, a more a lesser extent, but Ray Downey. Um, well, 
uh, Tom taught me a lot of stuff early on. I was a devotee of Tom's, and um, I just bought his he, book, the the Random Thoughts. Oh yeah, that was uh, that's a collection of his of his back page stuff that we yeah. published years ago after he passed. But Tom never wrote a book. That's the, he he edited a lot. He was an editor in chief of fire engineering. Also, I don't know if you knew that. No. He was editor in chief for I think about six or seven years, and um, so he did a lot of editing and, and writing editorial, but never did a book. So that that book is a collection of Tom's back page. Great book too. Random thoughts. Um, just I, I love I love reading it. Read it all the time. So what did Tom so, Brennan uh, you know mean mean to you? Tommy, what did he provide uh, for you? Tommy. Tommy was so Tommy was a Renaissance man, and he taught me that it was okay to talk about stuff other than firefighting. Like Tommy was a big fan of uh, religious philosophy, so he'd read Aquinas, he'd read Kant, he'd read, you know, he introduced me to Dear Day and Foucault. He was one of the people who early on understood the postmodernist movement and what it meant to society in general, and he was very concerned about it. But you have to remember that was during the seventies and. During that time, those French philosophers were given great precedence. It all came out of the, um, the, the there was a, a movement, a council back in the 30s and 40s to try to figure out why Marxism didn't work. Well, it doesn't work because it's an oppressive, soul-crushing ideology that's based upon oppression and oppressors. And, and, in, and when you divide people like that, nothing good can ever come of it but bloodshed, tyranny, and oppression. But that's a conversation for another day. But Tommy understood that. And, and so, but he also understood how important it was, you know, to know how to get a, 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 a purchase point on the handle of the door at the correct angle in order to force it with a minimal amount of energy. So while Tommy could talk to anyone anywhere about scrub areas, ladder placement, you know, uh, outriggers, short jacking, you know, he, could he knew everything there was known about firefighting. He could also talk at a level of sophistication about other things. And he did it unabashedly and not, not to show off his education or anything like that. It was his interest. And he taught me that it's okay to have interests outside the fire service and, and not so much that it was okay. It was important. Um, he had a boat called fire escape and, and he meant fire escape. When you got on that boat, he, you were on the boat you know, and, and the boat's title was enforced. And so, you know, he, he taught me that he taught me, you know, pursue other thoughts. Don't just read firefighting books, read everything you can get your hands on, you know, try to understand, you know, what's going on in the world and why it's going on in the world, not just what's going on, but why, what's behind it. You know, everybody's interested in data these days, oh, big data, you gotta know what the data is. All that tells you is where the lemmings are going off the cliff. You want to know why the lemmings are going off the cliff. It's the small data that matters, not the big numbers. It's what's driving the big numbers that matters, right? So Tommy understood that. That's what, and, and Tommy um, was really, really good to me. You know, he, he introduced me to people like Freed and O'Hagan and, and people like that and Gunn and, 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 you know, the, 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 the uh, folks that were writing at the time. And, and I mean, he literally introduced me to them, he introduced me to Dick Sylvia and, you know, people like that that just were amazing men and women to, to talk to. Um, and, and, and then Alan, um, you know, when I was a young officer, I met Alan when I was just uh, still an engineer, driver, 
and uh, Alan took me under his wing and taught me about, you know, Alan's view on instant command, Alan's view on, you know, management and life. And, and you couldn't find two more diametrically opposed people on the political spectrum um, or the or the organizational spectrum than Tom and and Alan. Tom was a Tom was a, a Navy guy, submariner, and kind of brought that kind of mindset and attitude to the to the fire station. And Alan was a free thinking, hardcore you know liberal, and and he brought that to the fire station. And both are fine, and both are good, and both are useful, and both are necessary. And and what was neat about being the guy in the middle between those two guys for you know, 20, 30 years was that we, we all were very different and we all cared for, loved and respected one another. And we all had fun making fun of one another and teasing one another and challenging one another to be better all the time. So I'd say it was those two guys, uh, you know, Tommy and Alan, um, if it wasn't for Tommy and Alan, I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be, um, and, and, and you couldn't find, you know, Tommy, Tommy would make Rush Limbaugh look like a liberal, and and Alan would make you know Bernie Sanders look like a conservative, you know, and and that was okay. It, that's not what mattered. What mattered was their humanity and their decency and their and their character, and and we're losing that today. We're we're judging people by the most superficial of all characteristics: their their biology or their skin color. And, and, and that doesn't end well. That's Marxism. That's putting people into vast categories and assigning characteristics and things that just don't exist. And, and when, you, when you take somebody's immutable characteristics and use that as a qualifier, that is the definition of being a racist or a bigot. And, and yet we're seeing that. You know, this woman wrote that book, White Fragility, that Robin D'Angelo. That's a racist book. You're, when you assign categories of, of behavior or, 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 anything, attitude to groups of people, that's the very diff definition of racism. You, you can't, you know, if you, if you go around talking about white privilege or white supremacy, you're a racist. <laughs> that is the definition of a racist. You're assigning an entire category of people, you know, race of people, characteristics, which, which aren't true for all people. Yeah, they're bad apples. Yeah, there's bad apples everywhere. And, and so, you know, we've got to be really careful about that kind of stuff. And both Tommy and Alan, you know, were aware of that. And, and they, they taught us that, that you judge a man by the content of his character, a woman by the, the actions and, and things that they do, not by, you know, where they were born or how they look or, you know, their capabilities. you got to remember Alan Brunacini was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, tried to get on the fire department there. And that's where he grew up. And he was too short. So they turned him down. We used to have height requirements. So he went to Phoenix and the lady, he was too short there, but the lady fudged the deal for him and let him <laughs> slide under the wire. And, and he, he became one of the tallest firefighters in America for a long time. Yeah. A man, a man who would have been disqualified by his height. So be careful what kind of, you know, be careful where you set the bar, <laughs> you know, be careful who you exclude or who you include and why. You know, I mean, we're going through a, we're going through a really interesting time, and and people are terrified to speak of it. They're terrified to, you know, say that they're proud to be an American. I, I, I am, I'm, I am unapologetically a Catholic first. I'm unapologetically patriotic, and I'm un, 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 and I'm absolutely unapologetically conservative. I'm a very I like to conserve things. I like to stop things from burning. 
I like to stop pain from happening to people. I like to conserve nature and I like to conserve values and principles and I like to conserve tradition and history. And that's who I am. I'm a conservative. Um, and, and I make, I make no apologies for it. None whatsoever. Zero. Well, yeah. And I think too, um, you, you hit on it earlier. You know, we, we definitely are in a, a, a cancel culture sort of, uh, sort of ideology from a, a grand standpoint of uh, of the, the 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 population, but you, you hit on something too when you were contrasting um, uh, Tom Ryan and Alan Brunacini on you know political, maybe even religious, but but definitely political viewpoints. Um, oh no, Alan was an atheist. Alan was an atheist. Tom was a Catholic. Okay, so even <laughs> more so. <laughs> So there were different things. Yeah, even even more so, which which is super like even contrasting that versus their political like you know I, I, how they identify politically, um, that is never even on the on the realm or radar of 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 their contribution to the fire service and um no, I, and, and nor should it be and I think that's what's a very a very like I think thing that's lacking um, in society in general, but also um, in uh, in in the fire service and just in conversating. You know, the 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 the, the dinner table in the kitchen is probably the most um, you know nucleus of an area of the firehouse. Again, for good reason. Um, but we we definitely I think have to return to if it was ever there. But we have to maintain a state that. Um, you know, you can you can have your perspective, and 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 I can have my perspective, and if if each one amicably agrees to have dialogue, and, and maybe those two ideologies like like uh, like hit each other, I'm not going to hate you because you know you come from now. Obviously, if you have bigoted and racist and, and other tendencies, we have a, a moral issue and a moral problem that that maybe didn't get surfaced but if you're coming we are allowed people are allowed to disagree or make a statement and and disagree on certain terms and principles but the end of the end of the day you know if if you are still a good moral person and you still want to do right by other people and have others do right upon you we're we're allowed to disagree and i think taking that approach with what you were saying with 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 publishing articles where you know just because a viewpoint might be different than the own that that you personally believe is maybe a better option um going forward, oh, yeah. forward I, with no that. i i published a lady's letter a few months ago who basically called me a um a, a part of the patriarchy and and uh and what else um yeah she went after me because i i wasn't using inclusive language my podcast is called the National Fireman's Journal. Well, the reason it's called the National Fireman's Journal is that was the original name in 1877 of fire engineering. It was the National Fireman's Journal. And so I named my podcast after the magazine that I've run for the last 16 years. So, you know, it's kind of an homage to my, to my predecessors. And I told her that. And I said, you know, and she said, well, the term fireman I know relates to guys on, you know, on a, on a, on a locomotive stoking the engine. And I said, no, no, <laughs> that's not why I was using it. But, you know, again, it went to the history and she was unaware of it. And, and, and there was never any secret cabal of men keeping anybody out of the fire service. This is not true. It's just not true. And, and 
you can pick up minor incidents here or there where people might have done something stupid. Okay, but there was no there was no secret headquarters of of people doing anything evil anywhere that I've been able to uncover. And I worked in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it was like 87%, 88% Hispanic. And, and, you know, so and nobody did that by design. It was what the population was. The population was 80% Hispanic. So that's what the fire department was. It was just a consequence of the population. And, you know, and, and, and when I got came on, it was predominantly male. Well, that was a consequence of people's lifestyles at the time, how people chose to live, not by exclusion or, or anything else. So it's just how people chose to lead their lives, you know, and, and I think that's fine. You know, more, more women than men choose to be school teachers. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. It's not a, it's not a vehicle of oppression or patriarchy. It's just, it's just what it is, and and, and let, it may change over time, and it may not. Who, it's not for, and it's not for me to force anybody to do it, or you know. And, and I worry about that kind of stuff. And I think there's, you know, Tommy and Alan taught me that I should, you know. And and, and it's interesting. And, and but I think people have a right to their opinions, which is why I published the young lady who, you know, accused me of being part of the patriarchy and. Why I published my buddy's articles on, you know, don't hook up to, to you know, first you shouldn't hook up to water. Disagreeing with somebody doesn't mean, Thomas Jefferson said it best, a man's politics, uh, ideology, or religion is no reason for me not to be his friend. I disagreed with Alan on almost everything politically, and I loved him. I, I, and Tommy and I had long, hard debates about, you know, social issues, and I I, I don't think I ever cried as much at a funeral other than my mom and dad, you know, and I, I remember putting the, my rosaries in this casket, you know, and that those are big deals to, you know, those are big deals to me. I, I love both those men dearly. And, you know, and we disagreed on everything you can imagine. Uh, one of my favorite stories is I was picking up Alan back in the eighties or nineties, probably late eighties, came to Albuquerque to visit me. And we, my wife and I had just bought a brand new Jeep. And Alan gets in it and he goes, oh, this is beautiful. Wow, great. I said, yeah, it's my new Jeep. And he, he's looking around at the Jeep as we're starting to go down out of the airport. And he turns to me and says, where's, where's the air conditioning? I said, oh, this, we don't have any air conditioning in this car. And he said, what? I said, Freon. My wife and I were against Freon gas. We didn't want to put Freon into the atmosphere. So he looked and he goes, Halton, it's Albuquerque. It's 105 degrees. You're an idiot. <laughs> that was one of my favorite memories he's just looking at me like you're such an idiot <laughs> you know but but only somebody you love and trust can tell you you know that you're an idiot so certainly um, and i miss those guys and i miss you know i miss i miss my friends and and i always will and one of the one of the Self-preservation is its own reward, right? Like I'm not interested in leaving this world anytime soon. But as you get older and you lose those friends, it, it sometimes breaks your heart, you know, because their input was so important to who who you are. You know what I mean? And sometimes with some buddies, you don't hear from them, but maybe once a year. But even that once a year phone call is just so damn necessary. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know I mean? Um, 
you know, they have uh, when you look at their careers and the, and the careers of probably the the hundreds and thousands of people um, that are out there. Uh, what what do you hope to be your 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 legacy when uh, when the when the fire service writes the chapter on Bobby Halton? Oh, then there won't be a chapter. It'll, it'll be a lot, it'll be one line, and I, this is the only thing I'm asking for. He was a good firefighter. Period. Guy was a good firefighter. That's all I want to hear. I, I haven't done anything special, Chris. I, I, I don't have a legacy. I don't. I'm not looking for one. I've, I've been blessed to be able to hang out with the finest men and women on the face of the planet and share a few laughs and tell a few stories and 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 do good when I could do good and and make a difference when I could make a difference. And that's what it means to be a good firefighter. So there's a there's a saying that the thing you hope for at your funeral is that. You had a race well run, and I hope I, I hope I ran a race that my dad would be proud of, my mom would be proud of, my kids could be proud of, my wife would be proud of. And that's all I hope for. And I think I've treated people fairly, and I think I've been, I think I've made mistakes, and I've been unkind, and I've been stupid, and I've been cruel, and and all the things that we all do, and and I, and I'll, I'll always be remorseful for the people I've injured or you know been been mean to. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live my life in regret or you know or 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 you know be morose about those things because I think that it's a it's a uh, it's a balancing act right you're you're human and and you try to rise above your humanity I mean the one thing we should all be very very careful about and it's in the Lucifer effect if you read that book by Zimbardo who ran the studies with the kids in Sanford back in the 70s where half of them were prisoners and half of them were guards, within days they had to stop the whole experiment because the guards became sadistic monsters and the prisoners became real prisoners. So, you know, within all of us, there's another great book called Ordinary Men about some Polish police officer or German police officers who went to Poland, you know, older guys, and within six months of being there, they were taken, you know, uh, naked, barefoot, teenage Jewish women out into the forest and putting bullets in their heads. And these are guys who never did anything wrong in their entire lives. So within all of us, there's a tremendous capacity for evil. And with all of this, there's a tremendous capacity for good. And I think that at the end of the race, you should hope that you were able to contain the monster within you and, and feed, you know, it's the, it's the old Indian thing. And within everyone is a, you know, is a, a, a wolf and a good dog. And I just hope I fed the right, you know, hope I fed the right monster <laughs> more more often than the wrong one. And I think a lot of that has to do with faith, you know. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a practicing Catholic, and I I love the Catholic Church. I love going to mass. I I make no bones about it. I think it's a wonderful religion. I think I find a lot. Of, I read the Bible every morning. It's one thing I'm trying to do this year. I'm trying to read the whole Bible in a year. I've got a little plan laid out from a, a church that my son had, had gone to, and. So today I read, uh, I think it was Acts 19, and um, and I read uh, Exodus, uh, I think it was 8 and 9, and one of the, yeah, that was what I read today. Anyway, um, this morning. So, and you hope that in the end, you were a good guy. So I just hope they think I was a good firefighter, and, you know, uh, that that's about it. Amen. Well, uh, uh, Chief, I know you have to get going. Uh, we're, we're, and... Um, Chief, I really um, 
thank you so much for your 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 time and uh, and how uh, uh, gracious you were were with it in uh, you know, talking with me today. Oh, it was my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on, and I love the name of your your uh, show, Above the Standard, because we should all strive to be above the standard. You know, no matter what the standard is, you should be trying to exceed it. You may not, but you ought to be trying to. If you're just trying to reach the standard, you're you're in the wrong game. <laughs> you know? Well, I love I I want to thank Chief Holton for uh, carving out some time to talk with us. Uh, he's a wealth of information. If you haven't already, uh, get your ass to FDIC. If uh, if so long as it happens, I'm going to be there. Um, a, ca- a captain of mine is going to be there. We're going to have a ton of fun. I'm doing nozzle forward. Um, so please uh, find us when we get there. We'll obviously announce it more so. Um, so... Keep kicking ass, everybody, and uh, please leave us a review, follow us, like us, subscribe to us, check out our Etsy shop, and until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.